0: If you're a business owner, tell me which of these following statements would be the thing you'd like to hear today. A, I need you to speak at South by Southwest to promote your business. B, I need someone to speak on a podcast so that you can promote your business. Or C, I need to hire someone who does exactly what you do. Can I hire you? Obviously, the answer is D, all of the above, and each of these statements are things I saw posted within 10th House in the last week. Today's episode is sponsored by Female Founder Collective and their exclusive membership community, 10th House. 10th House is a private membership through Female Founder Collective that's designed to support, develop, and elevate female founders. I've been in this network for over a year, and honestly, it's the best community I've ever joined. The ROI is so beyond positive. It's a no-brainer for me, and that's why I wanted to share it with you. Old Money Girlies are hustling, they're bustling, they're businessing. And for me, I have found so many hookups and shortcuts and resources and friends in this group. So if you're feeling like it's lonely at the top, then baby, we gotta flip that script and you gotta get into this group. 10th House is getting even better in 2024. They're really making it specific to industries. So for example, if you're an agency owner, they're going to connect you and set you up in cohorts with other agency owners, or if you're in CPG, they'll connect you with other CPG owners, etc. Of course, you'll still be able to cross into the larger group, but the idea is to get into the weeds of it with the people who know your lingo, your issues, your workflows, and get super specific. Applications are now open to join. The current cohort closes at the end of January, so you need to get on this if you want to join me in this amazing group of women, because believe me, you will not regret it. To apply, go to the 10th thhousefemalefoundercollectivecom I'm going to put the link in the show notes. And there you're also going to find the code for 15% off of your annual membership. The code is OLD MONEY, all one word. Again, link is in the show notes. It's the 10th thhousefemalefoundercollectivecom Code is OLD MONEY for 15% off your annual membership. Please let me know when you join. I would love to see you in there. Hello, rich girls, and welcome back to Old Money, the podcast for women building the trust fund they wish they were born with. Or for today's episode, we could say it's the podcast for women with first-class ambitions who want to travel the world in style. I'm your host, Amber Frankusen, and today we are joined by the woman who has the answers to all of your burning travel questions like how to get your name embroidered on a hotel pillow, how to actually score reservations to the hottest restaurants around the world, and how to have a vacation that feels as good IRL as it looks on Instagram. I am so happy to introduce the founder of HC Travel Firm, whose team has planned over 5,000 trips. They are the go-to resource for rich girls who expect the best and don't want to sweat over planning their own vacations. Welcome to the show, Heather Christopher. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Huge fan, slightly
1: fangirling. Oh,
0: you're so sweet. (laughs) Well, this has been like a long time coming because everything I want to talk to you about as I shared is selfish. Like I need to know the answers to all of the travel questions. So I think this is going to be a fun one. I do too. I was like, hopefully I come through here. Oh, 100% you will. Um, Am I correct in seeing that you have a trip to Africa coming up? Yes, I leave this week, coming week. How's packing going? Oh my gosh, tell us about it. Uh, like ask me in a week ask me what's on there if it works <laughs> I'm trying to take really like okay. good
1: notes because there's not a lot of great resources out there so I'm trying to take notes I'm also not somebody who's like great at styling myself so I'm like constantly like searching Instagram for like what people are wearing literally like okay am I gonna be cool very stressful
0: I have an Instagram uh or not an Instagram a Pinterest board started for two trips that I have already and I'm like I just need a personal shopper and a travel advisor. So, let me ask you Heather, as you're going on this huge trip, do you plan your own trips or your is your team planning your trip for you? Like who's taking care of this? That's that's a good question. So, in this case, this is a
1: work trip, meaning it is a familiarization trip. So, one of our our partner in Africa has put this together, which is like dangerous in the world of being a travel advisor because I literally know the itinerary like this much. Sorry, nobody can see that. Like I know 50% of the answer. <laughs> I have a rough idea of what I'm doing, but I'm like, eh, I'm not in charge. So <laughs> sounds like I'll find out when I get there. So no, I really didn't do any planning for this, even to the point of like, maybe I should look at what I need to bring last week and start Amazon priming everything. Oh, I love just it. Just in case. So, but no, this <laughs> is this is a work trip.
0: So you are in the, in the position of one of your clients, so to speak. And why don't we start there? Why don't you explain to us what it is you and your team do for your clients in this travel advising role? Of course.
1: So our job is to take all of that stuff in your head about, you know, you go to plan a trip, you start opening every tab. We do all of it. We take all of the brainstorming, which for some people happens more often than not. And others know exactly what they want to do or where they want to go research pricing and then once we get past that stage it's the reservations the management of it all the concierge tasks dining reservations spa reservations you want a walking map with pins of every cool place to shop in soho i just did a really fun one for london actually for, like a jewelry maker, Ooh. and so we got to do all these like really fun walking map pins. I don't, I don't know if that's a technical name, like Google. You know what I mean?
0: I get it. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, like
1: the Google map with the pins. Like stop here, stop there. Yeah, yeah. Like you can click <laughs> it. I don't know. It that's a technical name. Someone needs to educate me. And from that, to, you know, making sure your children have cribs, and then of course we're there to help while while you are traveling if something goes wrong. I think that's obviously a huge. Selling point in our value is like, you're not alone. You're right. not calling a 1 800 number. We're texting, you know, we're going back and forth, whatever we need to get done. And then, of course, post travel, if there's any, God forbid, it, you know, we had to make an insurance claim or something of that effect that we're dealing with too with you. So which I consider it like a done for you service. Yeah. Like we're taking it off. You're outsourcing it because you don't want to do it and you'd rather the, the expert, the professional do it. So that is our goal.
0: Right. And how much information are your clients coming to you with? You mentioned like you have a jewelry maker. So are you suggesting what they do? Are they giving you their dream itinerary and you execute it, or is it a blend of both? 100% blend of both. It really is so client dependent. I would say that we
1: excel best when we're given a lot more of the creative power. Like we can be more creative in the itinerary or. And we're not being micromanaged. I think that's any, any job probably, right? Like nobody loves being micromanaged, but I would say that usually like the more somebody just like dumps on us and says it and lets us go to town and do our thing, it turns out better. Like people come to us with really specific needs sometimes too. You know, maybe they have a child who really, you know, is Harry Potter obsessed. Okay. We'll run with it.
0: Like let's do it. Whatever the case may be. I love that. Tell me a little bit more about your clients. Like personality or job-wise. These are obviously people who are looking for an expert to outsource to. So like, who are your clients? Where are they coming from? What are their jobs? And how much are they spending on vacation? I
1: feel like it's a wider range than someone may imagine in terms like we have everything from our retirees to our honeymooners and everything in between. So in a perfect world, we're with these clients from honeymoon on. You know, that's like the goal. Like right now. I love that. I know. I just had a call this morning with like sweet baby mooners. And this is our fifth trip together. We've done their honeymoon. (laughs) We've done everything in between. And like my heart is so happy. So it really ranges as far as like most of them are professionals or we've got dad who's out of the home, mom who's staying home with the kids. Honestly, they're spread across all of the U.S. I would say in mostly mid-sized or large cities, like real demographic-y. As far as like how much they're spending... We have the clients that spend at least 10 grand every quarter and they're traveling pretty consistently. And then we have the ones that go all out at 40K plus once a year and the ones that are like doing little, you know, weekend long trips that are a couple thousand. It's, there's a range and we always, you know, our minimum spend when we first work with a client is 10K. Just because, okay. depending on what they're coming to us for, there's always some like, I always say in joke that like, I like to be the gatekeeper, but never be afraid to ask. Right. But like, do you want to go to Charleston- you don't need to spend 10K for Charleston, but that's, you know, <laughs> like we're talking Europe or anywhere else. Like we have, we have a minimum so that sure. we know we can give you what you actually want and need or, you know, what we do best. If you're a, a DIYer to the core, we're probably not a perfect fit anyways. Like if you're someone who like loves hardcore researching loves every ounce research, of it. to awesome. Yeah. You're not outsourcing this, but yeah, honestly, the spend really ranges. We try to be as flexible with it as possible, but more like we just want to be realistic with people.
0: Of course. And let's talk about the business side of things for a second. Like, from a travel advising standpoint, how do you all get paid? Are you guys getting hooked up on travel expenses or costs? Do you pass that on to the client? Do you work on commission? How does this work? Love it. So, we do get paid about two main ways commissions
1: from our partners. So, Amber, you and Justin go to the four seasons and you know, we make the reservation for you. They're paying us 10% of the pre-tax amount of your room. Okay. And then the other way is through our fees, which I would say I think I think the statistic nowadays is like over 50% of advisors are charging fees now. We've been fee-based for the last eight years. So we start at five hundred dollars for us to do the planning, and then it goes down once you've become a loyal client. But yeah, those are the two ways we make money.
0: So you're working with people who are spending, you know, $10,000 a quarter, $40,000 on a big trip, anywhere in between. You're obviously working with high net worth people or people who have disposable income and they've likely seen it all, right? So how do you make a trip special or memorable or amazing for these people?
1: My favorite part about travel is people. So to me, it's all in the people. It's whoever I know that I can connect with to make a lasting impression like that's to me what travels all about you go because yes you want to see something beautiful right of course but you don't tend to, you might remember you like look at the picture and you're scrolling through you know share it to instagram but what you remember is like the person who took care of you the grandma you met the nona you met who you made pasta with or whatever <laughs> the case may be your driver in ireland who took you all around for five days and basically became your kid's uncle like I don't know. To me, that's at the core of really what this is. It's just all human connection. Like we want to be not to be like philosophical, but
0: no. But that's gorgeous because that's the kind of X factor that you have. You know the people, right, in all of these different places. So instead of you know wandering around and hoping you meet somebody as a DIY traveler, you're going to facilitate that connection up front,
1: right? I mean, literally, it's it's a whole industry of people in general. Like that's all we do. It's who do you know? Who does my colleague, though, that we can connect you with to make this an even cooler experience, something that can't be replicated in any way, shape, or form. And it's hard these days to find a non Googleable experience, right? <laughs> I don't even know that right. they exist at this point some days. Like when somebody's like, we want off the beaten path. I'm like, if it's that off the beaten path and not on TikTok, you actually probably don't want to go there. Like, That means it's scary. It's not,
0: it's not good anymore. And I want to talk about that too. Like, let's go into that, Heather, because I want to know travel trends. And I think that that's such an interesting component too. It's like all of these quote unquote secrets on TikTok and Instagram. Like, I believe they're kind of getting these places overexposed and maybe the places that were so hot 10 years ago are not it anymore. Like, I mean, Mykonos is something people talk about. It's just like, it's over or Tulum. It's over because it's not authentic as it was. So when we look at like the up and coming spots, like where are people loving going right now? Are there any new like flight paths that have opened up that have or new hotels in more unique places that you've been booking travel to? Oh my gosh! Okay, so many. But
1: what immediately comes to mind? Malta, which is geographically we'll say an island off of Italy. I feel like that is an up and coming place because italy is she's still having her moment post covid sure she hasn't come down from that high i don't think it will happen anytime soon um (laughs) so i'm like if you want something you know alternative i'm like we need to do malta speaking of flights like we've gotten better lift to the caribbean which i know you're a west coaster so caribbean's Mm -hmm. not as easy for you but all of the lift that you guys have just gotten in the last year I mean, now you have like a nonstop from I think LA to Montego Bay, from LA to Nassau. Not necessarily like my my personal two absolute favorite destinations, but at least we're getting somewhere, right? Like we're getting there slowly but surely. Right. Dominica in the Caribbean. I have this. I'm not even gonna say the name of it because I don't want everybody to flock there because I love this little property and I wanted <laughs> to like, I want to protect it. Come DM me and I'll tell you where it is. But I was like, I wanna keep it slightly, slightly. Secret. I love this little property so much. I feel like this is a bit of a regional thing, but I am obsessed with Portugal. And I feel like 90% of the people I talked to are like, oh, I've never thought about Portugal. And I'm like, you're missing out. It's like, it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And then beyond that, we're seeing a huge, like, we're starting to see more East Africa, which is usually like for a more well traveled clientele, somebody who's already been to Africa once or has been other places around the world, like it's becoming more marketed. So people are like hearing it more. And, you know, sometimes it takes, you're a marketer, you could understand this, Like, you have to like say it so many times to people, right? And then finally they're like,
0: wait, yes, this sounds interesting. And a couple of other places that I'm curious about too. I feel like Croatia has had this huge resurgence after everybody figured out that's where they filmed the Game of Thrones intro. What else is happening in the Mediterranean that's up and coming? Is like Turkey a good spot to go to? Croatia, where else are you seeing?
1: So Croatia's still hot. Um right above Croatia is Slovenia, Montenegro. You like Croatia? You do Montenegro. Brand new one and only property. That's what I've heard. I love that. Okay. So high on my own list also. As far as like Greece goes, I would do instead of like Mykonos, you do Paros and Noxos, which are finally getting a few like luxury boutique hotels that we needed. I think sometimes people don't realize like we don't always have all the beds to like hold the demand or not in my world, like luxury, true luxury properties. So Mykonos, I would do Noxos, Paros, and then I mean, I I kind of think a few nights in Santorini are always are always good. Santorini is always hot. It just is. It's worth like the hype one time in your life at least. But outside of Athens, a few hours west is a whole area full of really cool properties, hiking, just a place that like Europeans will vacation, but not Americans. So if that's of interest to people, also another great spot.
0: Amazing. And then what about what's going on in like South America, Central America right now? I feel like I heard there's a Kimpton property that just opened up in Panama and that place is popping off. Like where are you sending people in South and Central America? Oh my god, Panama's having a moment. Panama and Colombia.
1: They're like right. I mean the the value to the dollar to their dollar is insane. Like you're you're very wealthy there. So if we want to be rich girls on an actual, we're actually rich girls on a budget. (laughs) Those (laughs) those are great places where you're like, I am a rich girl. I feel great here. This is where I can buy and shop and do all the things. Um, Panama, Colombia. yeah. I'm seeing, and I kind of think this trend will continue now that we have this whole generation that's done a lot of Europe already. Like you and I potentially grew up with people who We did Europe as kids or into our early 20s and stuff, whereas like the generation before us didn't really. So I'm seeing a huge draw to South America in general, Chile, Argentina, the Patagonia area, Brazil, Peru, of course, because we've already done Europe and we want a different feel. So.
0: Heather, one of the things that I find that I do not well as a traveler is that we go to the same places all of the time because I like to know what to expect. It's a certain level of comfort and relaxation for me. So we've gone to the same hotel in Cabo like three times. I like to go to the same places in Palm Springs because that level of expectation of knowing you're in good hands... Is really comforting to me. And as a person that doesn't have a lot of time to be researching, that's been my default. So I think one of the things that's so interesting about what you do is that you really help provide that level of comfort and security that your clients are going to get a very relaxing trip where things are thought of. They don't have to do the heavy lifting of not knowing what to expect. Like, there's nothing wrong with with being a repeater. If you're in a season of life, I stayed at families a
1: lot of times that they went and took their young kids to a place that they loved. And you loved it and you're like, gosh, should we go back to like, everybody's in a different season. You're in a really busy season of life where you default and you're like, I want to go and relax and I don't want to think then that's why we do repeat. Right. like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think we're like, like I immediately am like what hotel is it? Okay. Where can I get to a comparable experience that I feel like you're going to go and be like, Oh, okay. This feels good. Feels like the same, yeah. you know, the service is yeah. good. The, you know, I'm going to be comfortable here, et cetera. I feel like that a lot of what our our job is with our, especially our like really loyal clients that we work with continuously. It's like, okay, now we have this set standard. Okay. Where, where do you go from here? And like, what can we send you to next so that you can, if you want a new destination out of it, like, but.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the things too, like, as we travel, our specifications are becoming more specific on like cultural stuff that you can't find on, website. It's like we want a central pool where there's A vibe and like the right music and the right people, the people watch, and it's architecturally interesting. Like, those are the things that we care a lot about. And it's hard to see what the pool vibe is, right? And I'll give you a good example. We just went to um, Punta Mita for the first time last year. We stayed at the Conrad, which was a beautiful hotel, but all of their pools, there's like five pools there. So there's no central location where there's energy and a vibe. It's very, like people are separate and they don't spend time together. There's not that yeah. mingling. And it wasn't right for us. And it's a beautiful property, but it wasn't our vibe. And that's the stuff we're looking for. Yeah.
1: No, you're like, and I think that's, I mean, honestly, the fact that you, the two of you even recognize that is huge that you can
0: articulate that to be like, this is great or this isn't great. But you know, the funny thing is too about about travel. I have a very specific theory about travel, mm-hmm. which is that there's a difference between a trip and a vacation. And a trip is something where I'm like expected to attend or see or do things. And on a vacation, I need like all unscheduled time. How do you typically schedule vacations? for your clients or trips for your clients? Do you have like a day of activity, a day of rest? Is there a routine, a method to your madness? Like how do you set these up for success? So we
1: spend a lot of time talking about it with clients initially, because I need to know whether they like a really jam packed day, and then they want to chill at night, whether they need a balance, whether we need half day, not a full day. And then so every client's a little different. But in generally speaking, those are the kind of three decisions you're picking between. You want to have day activity and the rest of the day is on your own, whether it's to, to hang out at a pool or beach or to go explore. Do you need constantly something to do? And sometimes that's the difference between two, like a couple, it'll be one, needs, usually the male needs more to do than the female. Could be wrong, but that's right. what I've seen. Or some people want completely unstructured time and just suggestions. So defaulting to to what they tell us. And then of course, taking the feedback from once they get back. Right. Like trying to listen to a lot of the underlying ways of people say stuff.
0: (laughs) And what about when you're traveling and needing to switch locations a lot? Something that happens often, especially in Europe, or if you're in like Southeast Asia, what's your rule of thumb for like, what's the right amount of time to spend in a place? Is it city dependent? Or are you, okay, you should expend a a minimum of two days each place. What's your go-to on that? I would say slightly city-dependent, but in general,
1: minimum, two nights. Perfect. Like, to me, if I'm looking at an itinerary of 10 days and we're going, let's say we're going through Italy, I don't want you changing more than three times. They're going to come back and be like, I got hit by a bus. I have no idea what I saw. Yeah. And that's, to your point, that's a trip, right? When you go to Italy for the purpose of touring, of like, I came, I saw, I conquered, that's a trip.
0: So... Right. And I mean, are there any hacks to make that travel switch more, I mean, or less cumbersome? I mean, that's one of the things, I mean, fortunately, especially like in Japan or something, you can take the train and I feel like that's just less of a lift than going through TSA in America, right? And same thing in Europe, you have like train opportunities, but what hacks do you tell clients to like make that whole transition period more doable? Pay for the convenience. Ooh, love it. Do not start being cheap about
1: like, transportation like somebody picking you up and taking you from the hotel to the train station yes can you get an uber cab etc sure and by all means are they difficult things to do no but if you want truly to feel like you didn't have to lift a finger and you didn't have to think you're paying for convenience you're paying for services i want a porter to take my bags to the train because i've never done it before and i'm scared to death of it that's usually really common when people haven't done a lot of like european travel the Japanese train system is actually a great example. It takes a little bit of nuance to like know the rules and, and things like that. Especially if you're a nervous traveler or somebody who gets hit really hard with like exhaustion when traveling, then you have to pay for the convenience. Don't, don't start trying not to pick things apart at that point.
0: Because the whole point of going on vacation is to enjoy yourself and come back feeling recharged and inspired, right? So, speaking of that, do you have any anecdotal data or thoughts on what the right number of trips is a year? Maybe this is for people in different stages of their life, like young professionals, should they be going on vacation once a quarter? Family should be doing two big trips a year, one big trip a year? Like, what are you seeing? As somebody who's like fully in the season of having young children,
1: I'm always like, we should have traveled more when before kids. that's like <laughs> so anybody who's like, pre kids travel. like it's just simpler, cheaper, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. you know, so I'd be like, go, 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 go while you can. I also try to encourage folks like when they want to do a fairly big what we might all consider a bucket list and they want to do Australia, they want to do New Zealand. I really try to encourage that when they're not post retirement because we have our health typically, yeah. the younger we are. and I've watched too many clients not be able to take the trip or go as far as they originally wanted to, because post-retirement, we're not physically able, or we have other, you know, life happens to all of us and we have other responsibilities, et cetera. So I think for families though, getting into that bracket, at least twice a year is ideal. Like if you're a really active family, maybe you're doing a winter ski trip, that's pretty common. And then a summer, we're doing something else, whether it's Europe depending on how many breaks you get in the school year, fitting in a quick, you know, Caribbean trip, things of that or Hawaii trip, things of that nature. And then pass it into our retirees. Most of them travel at least two to four times a year, if not more. Like you're taking little trips and bigger trips in between.
0: I think that's so important to speak about too, Heather, and I appreciate you bringing it up. It's kind of the core of the old money philosophy. We are not just saving for retirement and putting money away for a rainy day. We're figuring out how to live our rich lives now. And so I think it's really important to have that perspective of if you're just you know waiting till retirement to get all your travel in, who knows what things look like then. So seize the opportunity while you have it. So speaking of kind of these bucket list items that you've talked about, I'd love to know, are you helping people with bucket list trips? Are you sending people to Antarctica? I don't know if you've seen the videos of that boat on the Drake Passage that's been going viral recently, but like not for me, not going to do it. What are the craziest trips that you've planned? Oh my gosh! I haven't. I going have to go look for it
1: though. I assume it was like the Drake
0: Passage was rocking that day. Oh, it's horrifying! Just like things are flying off okay. the boat. The waves are coming over. Yeah. I, like no, I am not going. RSVP, no for me.
1: <laughs> I was like, that's so high on my list too, but I'm also terrified of the Drake Passage. So <laughs> I don't know if I'll make it there. Oh my gosh! Okay, I think the craziest trip that I have planned are the ones that I've done so many that are logistically heavy. Okay. Because I think in my mind, I'm just like, like, I have a clients jet, which is not an odd combo to do New Zealand and Australia. So we spent like three weeks in there, then jetted from there. We did Fiji for a few days and then jetted from there and did the South Pacific or like Kauai, I should say. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's a anytime somebody can go more than a month is always amazing to me in this day right. and age, right?
0: Blows my mind. And you mentioned this a minute ago too, but coordinating travel by private jet, talk to us about the options that are out there. Because I don't think a lot of people know that flying semi-private is actually really achievable, especially domestically now. So when are people going from first-class commercial to flying private? Like, what does that look like? How do you help clients in the, what I believe to be the most cumbersome part of travel is just the getting there? Agree. Okay. So I love
1: flying business and I feel like I've done a pretty good job of convincing most people to do that. But I think though, like the jump happens once they start realizing it, it's attainable. I'm like if you're already spending $25,000 to fly business, then we need to be looking at other options. And then it's just more, it's also can be a bit more regional based where you live. Like JSX isn't all over the, the states yet. It's mostly like middle and, and West Coast. Like you're fortunate enough to be out in an area where they, where it exists but I do expect more and more of that to become a thing because more people are flying business class and want that. That was like probably the best part that came out of covid.
0: I just want to get on what airline is it that gives you like the pajamas and has the shower? Is that Emirates? Emirates, Qatar does it. There's a few now that all like oh, incredible
1: have, have that. I know, I I was like, I have not showered in the air yet. But I imagine that to be like an interesting (laughs) experience in general. Just like, oh. 100%. Like that's different.
0: I get scared flushing a toilet on an airplane. I don't know how I would be in a shower, but I think I would definitely need to try it.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I always feel less anxious when I'm up in business class too, because I'm not the best flyer. Despite having to do it for a job, like I still am like, oh God,
0: Lord, help us all, please. Listen up, rich girls. There is a huge mindset gap between those who try to do it all and those who know when and why to hire an expert. The ones who know when to call and support can count on having better results with less effort, especially when it comes to travel. We're talking about the difference between scraping up a last minute trip together because you're burnt out and need a break, or having an expert team craft the most incredible, exclusive, custom vacation experience that will blow you away And make your Instagram one to envy. I am proud to share that today's episode is sponsored by HC Travel Firm, a boutique travel agency that crafts flawless trips for families, couples, or solo travelers. This is a huge old money hack, babe. The Rockefeller way is not to waste hours scouring the internet for deals or ideas. Instead, HC Travel Firm acts as your personal concierge to create a comprehensive itinerary for you to review and approve, handling every detail and every reservation from start to finish. All you need to do is pack your most fabulous outfits and jump on that plane. The rest is taken care of for you. Just tell the team what type of trip you want, anything from a spa retreat in Thailand to a beach vacation in St. Barts or, I don't know, a wine tasting through New Zealand, or hookups to all the best opera ski party in Aspen. It's the HC travel team that's going to be dedicated to providing their clients with the ultimate travel experience around the globe to give you exactly what you're looking for. The HC travel team has a combined 30 years of experience and has planned over 5,000 trips. So they definitely know what's up. They have connections in every major city to make your travel dreams come true. So if you're planning your escape and are ready to take it to the next level, I need you to talk to HC Travel Firm and tell them old money sent you. Find them online at hctravelfirm.com or on Instagram at hctravelfirm and let me know where you're going next. Let's shift into a couple of hot tips for our girlies on a budget who are looking to kind of DIY, but looking for a better experience for themselves. So, first of all, I'd love if you could shout out some of the hotel chains that you recommend for the great customer service, the best experience, or the better experience. Is there any chains that come to mind?
1: I'm a Four Seasons fan, which I know is like one of the top, of course. Yeah. I love an Amentara property. They're phenomenal. Also, and tell us why. Like, what makes them different? The service, the people are just like it's comfortable. You feel like you're at home. There's nothing, you know. I walk into a the room. There's nothing I need. They have decent hair dryers. That has become my mm, That's Huge. <laughs> I want a steamer in my room, and I want a decent hair dryer. Yeah. Like, no right. more am I tolerating your crap con air little junky one. Like, mm-mm. there's so many boutique properties that are not. Like anything, the Relais Chateau affiliation is usually, I'm usually a huge fan of, which a lot of those are boutique, like only one owner. They don't have multiple properties. And I would say none of them are true five stars. They could be four, four and a half stars for being real technical in my head. But they all just have this like good sense of place, wonderful amenities. Nothing is difficult. And people who want to work. They're all people who show up and actually want to work and do their job well.
0: Yeah. And for people, like I said, who can't afford you yet, but they want to feel more like a millionaire when they travel without using just the thousand tabs open on the computer of trying to figure it all out. Are there main resources that you point them to? Are there good Reddit pages or Facebook groups with any travel hacks or should they just go follow you on Instagram? Like, Tell us (laughs) the scoop. Definitely want to follow us. Um, Try to give us much scoop.
1: Honestly, I don't use reddit myself so i feel like i was like am i supposed to be using reddit i'm missing am i missing this <laughs> <laughs> okay so my hacks to this are know what your priorities are is it that this trip is okay. like a trip right like you're going into the attention you want to see the highlights you're going to venice florence rome and you're like i just need to see all the historical and cultural highlights that's what i'm after okay cool you can go literally google that and find like what consistently comes up right If you are going to use, I would say people are going to use TripAdvisor, Google reviews, no matter what I have found. But if they're going to use them, my tip is always this, read like the one star and the five star, look at the dates of them and see what's consistent. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because there might be something, maybe they all, the one stars complain about one particular thing. Well, then even if this is the best you can afford, you at least have this expectation of what you're walking into and it won't come shocked. And that might be a deal breaker and you have to go to the next place. But for food, like I always take the highest and the lowest and then I'm looking for common denominators if that's what I'm going to be comparing. There's also a really cool app. I just started following it a bit. It's called Amigo, A-M-I-G-O. That writers, it's like a whole slew of people that are contributing like their travel favorites. I actually use it for restaurants in cities that like I haven't Mm. been in three years I'm going to see like what's the what's the hottest restaurant and like people are usually pretty descriptive and
0: I have found that to be a solid resource. Okay. You'll have to send me that link and we'll put it in the show notes so people can get access to it too because that sounds amazing. I love it. Okay. And then one more question before we jump into our rapid fire rich girl questions and this is a very selfish question. Just engaged. All I care about is our honeymoon. So, if you were planning the like no expense spared, like the place, where are we going? Like, give me like a hot take, sexy honeymoon fast itinerary.
1: We're probably doing French Polynesia because you're your West Coast. Um, okay, so but we're doing Four Seasons Bora Bora, and then we're going to the Brando, which is a private island, and that's where we're ending uh. <laughs> because that place is. Everything about it is sexy and even is the most sustainable. I think it might be the most sustainable property on earth right now. Like self-sustainable. Oh, wow. Which is very sexy these days, right?
0: Obsessed.
1: Otherwise, this is like asking me a favorite child. You know that, right, Amber? Like, like, (laughs) I don't know. I have so many more questions. I need to know so many other things before I tell you what my answer is. But I was like, do you want to do like safari lodges throughout Africa? Is that sexy to you? Um, We can camp under the stars. Like. Could go crazy, but my immediate
0: thoughts are like, okay, sexiest place. The Brandos definitely up there.
1: That I piece love is it. So crazy, over the top.
0: I'm gonna Google and then I'll, you know, obviously I'll call you in a couple of months. But from now, let's get into our rapid fire rich girl questions, which are the same questions I ask all of our guests. And the first one is just the most perfect thing for you. Speaking of picking a favorite child, what is your personal favorite place to vacation? It's always Hawaii. Mm, what
1: island? Oh. The big island. That's my
0: favorite. And do you stay at a property, a boutique hotel? Where are you doing? We were just there in November. That was our 10th trip.
1: And we did newly done over Shmanalani. And we did the four seasons. Okay. And both were phenomenal. I loved them both. Stunning.
0: What is the best investment you've ever made? Traveling with
1: my kids. Honest to God. We're so crazy every single day. So anytime I can be fully focused and be like, truly present i know that sounds very cliche especially in this day and age but it's no
0: it's beautiful it's true it's like
1: if i'm allowed the gift of actually like focusing on my three girls that is like an investment always worthwhile
0: oh that's so good what's a guilty pleasure that you have i read a ton of smut oh obsessed me too what are you reading right (laughs) now anything or have you read anything good that i need to check out i was like i'll share it with you are you following bubbly beach reads or something no but i will I will share it with you because okay, obsessed. great. Yes. Um, I have to say with the smut category, there is no better type of book to read on vacation than smut. So if you've never read smut before, but you're going to be like in a bikini by a pool and you want to have a great time with your husband, your partner, your boyfriend, whatever, a smut book needs to be on your packing list.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> I just need mindless.
0: Like it's so mindless.
1: Yes. I don't have to better myself in a smut book. No. You know, nobody's yelling at me to like, you're not good enough. Nope. No, no, we're not
0: silent. reading business books. No self-help on vacation. <laughs> this is like checkout time. No. I love this that. You're
1: indulged
0: in. Dalton. Yes. 100%. Okay, Heather, what's some advice you would give your 21-year-old self?
1: That you don't know everything. That's what I would tell mm. myself. I would just be like, you don't, you don't. You're going to learn so much. And every single day, you learn something new. And that's just how life goes. Like, this is good. Yes. Just you're not, you're not
0: done growing. And what in your life makes you feel the wealthiest?
1: Oh, I can go back to my other answer.
0: When I get to take my kids
1: to, this sounds so bratty, I know that I'm privileged, but when I get to take my kids to a Four Seasons and they finally get to like take something out of mommy's job that she spends so much time doing. And when I get mm-hmm. to like have that experience with them because I'm like, you guys are so freaking lucky, I could have only dreamed of that as a kid. And just yeah. sitting in the show them a world, taking, you know, helicopters, we do all kinds of cool stuff and like those are just it's the best. Like that's what it's all about for me. So
0: And that's what it should be all about. I mean, we're living this life and working so hard trying to succeed at work in our businesses and in our investment accounts so that we can have these experiences that connect us with others and make us feel alive. Like that's what we're doing it for. And that's why I think this conversation today was so important to remind people, it's time to book your trips for 2024 yeah, if you it. haven't already. And if you haven't already and you're going to do something big, you need to call Heather. Make sure you follow her and get in touch with her. Heather, where can people find you on Instagram, on the web? Where should they get in touch with you? Instagram is Firm. That's our business page
1: and hctravelfirm.com.
0: I love that. And if you loved this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on your stories. Tag me at Old Money Podcast. Tag Heather and her team at Co. And let us know where you want to go next. I want to know where your travel plans are this year, your favorite restaurants, your favorite hotels, your favorite things to do. And I'll share it with the class so that we all get some inspiration on what we're doing for 2024. Heather, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. I'm so excited to get traveling with you very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Feeling rich? I hope so. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Old Money. If you have questions you want answered, email me at oldmoneypodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on social. We are at oldmoneypodcast and I am at your service. If this episode spoke to you, inspired you, helped you, if you took a single note, it would mean the world to me if you could please just take a minute to rate and review the podcast. And if you're not doing so already, subscribe. And if you have friends who like getting rich, please share this episode with them, even if it's just on your Instagram story and I'd love you more than Jeff Bezos loves Amazon Prime. Thank you so much, and I will talk to you on the next episode. Remember, I'm not your lawyer, I'm not your tax professional, and I'm not your financial advisor. The content presented in this podcast is intended to entertain, educate, inspire, and support listeners in their personal and professional development and does not constitute business, financial, or legal advice. In addition to that, this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services.